It's been a week since The Crossing broadcast has dropped a new episode, and here we are. We are back. Two teams in town are red hot. Of course, it's the Philadelphia Union. Just kidding. And the Philadelphia Phillies. The Harper effect is real. A uh, series sweep to open the season. We've got plenty of that coming up a little bit later. Of course, uh, the Eagles acquired a running back, one that they uh, desperately needed. The Flyers are dead. Uh, A dude caught a ball, and everybody talked about it on Sports Talk Radio for the better part of a day. Alex Rodriguez doesn't know what a cheesesteak is. And um, we'll uh, talk about a combat sport that is not the WWE. But before we get to all that, let me introduce the one and only Kevin Kincaid, who you can find on Twitter, at Kevin underscore Kincaid. Kevin. Russ, it's always good to be on uh, Philadelphia's only six for six podcast. The Eagles, Phillies, Flyers, Sixers, uh, Philadelphia Union, and Philadelphia Wings. Yes. Oh, don't forget seven for seven. Fusion. We forgot the Fusion. And the Fusion as well. We didn't forget them. Drexel, Field Hockey, you want to put them in there. Uh, Haddon Heights, I think, had a big win in baseball. (laughs) Uh, I heard that the, uh, what's the name of it? The Triton Triton in Jersey? They got got a big win. Was it the Mustangs? The Triton Mustangs, Got a big big win. I heard their their manager is a, a pretty good tactician. He's got good tactics, but not good hair. Very sad. Yeah, so sad. it is sad. Yeah, receding hairline. Mm, so sad. Anyway, it's terrible. Um, I don't know how you want to attack this today. I mean, I, I which feel of like... the seven sports Whoa! do you want to start with? Oh man, I'm watching the game live. I'm sorry. Uh, first oh yeah, they... let's let's back it up. So for people who are listening to this, we are recording on Tuesday night at like it's like seven fifty ish, and because the Phil's game was delayed a little bit, uh, the Harper. They're in the what are they in the top of the first right now? Yeah, the top of the first. Okay. All right, so. a- as of and recording, there are two there are two men on. Uh, 2-1 count, and Adams just went up and over, uh, leaning for a foul ball. He landed in the dugout, and I'm laughing at him yeah. on the inside. And the cornball Nationals fans, they booed the shit out of him, yeah, out of Bryce Harper. They're just frauds, man. Like, can I... We'll, we'll get to that later. Do I, they have fa- Let me ask you a question. Do they have fans? Do the, do the Washington Nationals really have fans? Well, they've got an attitude. I don't know if you saw this, Kevin, but like there were, uh, there were pictures put out that some Philly outlets uh, captured of people saying that he was a... Uh, He's somebody they used to know. Really nice to see that Nationals fans are so in tune with uh, with music these days. They're using Gautier quotes and and uh, lyrics to make their case for them. But like can we just talk about this, uh, the Nationals. No, the Nationals don't have fans. The Nationals, I think, very marginally have more fans than the Expos did. As a matter of fact, I would venture to say that they should move the Washington Nationals to pretty much any other city in the United States of America. This this or uh, Montreal, you know, yeah, put them back. Take them back to Canada. Let them speak Quebecois. Um, look, th- these national fans are dirty, despicable human beings. They don't show up mm. to their park. And consistently, Phillies fans have gone down for how many years now? And typically on an opening day, if the Phillies are decent, they go over and they take the park. Now, I'm not one to get behind the whole notion of, oh, come on, man, the Philly fans, everybody travels so well. We took 500 people and put them on buses, and here we yeah. are. Like, I'm, I'm not that guy. But, like, let's be honest. It's kind of an embarrassing look for the Nationals. I saw that there was a, a group of Phillies fans that bought 500 tickets in right field to support Bryce Harper, which is pretty cool. Nice. But, like, remember, back in the, in the Phillies' heyday, they called Nationals Park uh, Citizens Bank Park South. And oh, yeah. I mean, they were just, it was just nothing but Phillies fans. Yep. Because like, ter- the Nats are terrible, yeah. Yep. Terrible. I think, it, I think it's terrible. Oh, by the way, I know this they, has nothing to do with our, with our conversation, but yeah. the uh, – the Warriors and uh, Nuggets are playing tonight, 
and there's uh, real ramifications about you know who's going to get the number one seed in the West. Right, right. And of course, do they put like Kevin Harlan on the call? Do they put Marv Albert on the call? No, they're no. going to continue to go with players only. No. Yes, they're going no. with players only. Come on. This is one of the times that I agree with Bill Simmons. That is an absolute disgrace. Can I say something about players only? Yes. Like, and then let's get it back to the Phillies. When you do like the players only thing, I think it's like cool to like. I think the concept itself is cool, but would you watch a basketball game that was media only? Like a, you mean like on the court? Yeah. Like what if I told you, okay, like, uh, you know, not just, not like for entertainment purposes, but we're going to let the media play the game today. No. Cause they, cause it's a bunch of like corny white dudes who can't jump and can't play or whatever. Like, why do I need to see like nothing but players? Like they can't, they they can add a lot in color commentary, and they can add stuff in the studio. They can do things at halftime, but you need a seasoned play-by-play broadcaster to guide them through the the game. Yeah, I think that's the thing. It's not. It's not just like they miss with that with the yeah, because there's no flow to it. I mean, they're all over the place. It's just sort of like rambling and some comments here and there, but there's no like backbone to the broadcast. You know what I mean? If even if you were doing players only give them a seasoned like play-by-play person and then you can fill out the rest of players because it's just like it, it doesn't have a structure to it you know what i mean yeah like i know i'm not alone in this but i i definitely think that when it comes to players only um the the best thing that they could do uh they did it around the all-star game they had on tbs they had one version of the game i think tbs they had the players only stream well kind of stream they had the players only broadcast and then yeah. on tnt they had the traditional broadcast and i like that now, of course, that's for a big game, and like I guess you know you don't want to bump off whatever rerun TBS is uh, is rolling out that night. But like, that's correct. I don't see why you couldn't do it. You know, I, so like people people like what they like, and players only conceptually is a good idea. The idea of you know let's make it seem like these guys are sitting around and and you know you're sitting at the bar having a beer with like a former player. Like that's cool. That's fine. But if they don't have good chemistry and they have no flow, it it doesn't work. And when you're coming down in what is rather meaningless basketball. And finally, there's a game that actually does have, you know, a real importance to it. It's absolutely crushed by the fact that yeah, these don't guys do don't know for, how to play yeah, off each other. Don't do it for that. One. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like give them like, uh, you know, a game in November or December or something like that for sure. But like, yep. yeah, it's time to, it's time to like get this, this thing in gear, you know? Yep. So, um, listen, like these Na- Washington nationals fans, like I, I just get the feeling that you, you remember how I went on that, like, pseudo rant about new york fans and how they all like reminded me of like bernie yep. madoff like wall street motherfuckers and stuff like that you yep. know like washington nationals fans and like washington people in general just kind of like make my skin crawl i think because i can imagine like at the nationals game like you know mitch mcconnell's staff or chuck schumer's staff meets up with a bunch of disgusting and slimy lobbyists and they all go to like a nationals game or something, you know, like it's all that just that's that swamp that like quagmire that like morass of like partisan losers, you know, who Do you don't think Bernie care Sanders goes to the games. <laughs> no, but I would like to hear about it. I cannot tell you how upset I was when I found out that Bryce Harper is no longer playing for the Washington Nationals. Now, I did hear that the most recent offer made to Bryce by the Washington Nationals, included deferred payments until 2072. Now, many people might think that that is upsetting, it is offensive, and it is rude, but may I remind 
the people of this nation. If Bryce Harper were to be a good investor of money in communities, he could take a million dollars a year for many of these years, and he could fund many programs and pay for people to go to college. I and heard... instead, he's going to sit on this copious amounts of cash and build a crib for his brand new baby. Congratulations, Bryce <laughs> Harper, on the baby on his or her way into this beautiful that, um, world. I heard that the Washington Nationals got in a letter from Bernie Sanders and they put it in an envelope and they gave it to Bryce Harper and in the envelope was an offer $250 million over 10 years, except that half of it was redistributed to the government. <sighs> That's the thing. Like Nothing I, like a good socialism joke on, they, uh, on the crossing broadcast. <laughs> The only seven for seven podcast and uh, and social commentary on socialism podcast. You notice when I said when when I did the political thing, I was very um, careful to include a Democrat and a Republican yes. because if I was going to bash politicians, I wanted to bash all of them equally and not yes. just one side because I despise all of them just as much as. Why the didn't rest. you after uh, Jill Stein and Gary Johnson? Huh? You don't like going after those uh, third party people? <laughs> hey, by the way, dude, uh, Bernie Sanders is actually an independent. Okay. He just has to run in the Democratic Party because it's the only way to be a legitimate candidate in the United States. God, Kevin, do you even understand you sound how, like, how, uh, how this works? Do you, you sound like it? Mr. You sound like Mr. Mackey in South Park. Okay, it's drugs are bad. Okay, okay. I've got the drugs. We're gonna They're boo. Bad. We're gonna boo Bryce Harper. Okay. Okay. Nah, but seriously, man, you know it's cool. He uh, announced his ba- he did his baby announcement picture from the same place I got married. Get out. I got the same exact picture, but instead of uh, me announcing a baby, it's me and my wife on Ray Street Pier. Yeah. That's really cool. Bryce Harper, man. He has impeccable taste. And I knew that he would pick a, a blue collar, lunch pail, you know, workman like kind of town versus just a re- repulsive and revolting place like Washington, D.C., where every corner you turn, like every Starbucks, there's lurking some like douchebag lobbyist who doesn't give a shit about you or me russ you know they only care about themselves he's these slimy career politicians oh it just makes my like skin crawl even thinking about it and they're probably all at the washington nationals philadelphia phillies game tonight booing bryce harper oh zach eflin might have just broken a turner's hand (sighs) sweet justice sweet sweet justice oh what he plunk him yeah, oh, right. On, it well, looks. You know, uh, well, Turner what, went. You know, Turner went to bunt. That's what you get, you loser. Uh, it hit him on the index and and uh, oh. and middle finger on his right hand. Are we going to get retaliation now? Is this going to turn into some shit? Oh, I hope it does. So, I want to see a brawl. Here's the thing. Can I just say really quickly? I want a uh, a Don Zimmerman, uh, Pedro Martinez moment where some moron decides to go start a bench clearing brawl yeah. and somebody lines up Gabe Kapler and then realizes, oh no. Gabe Kapler is a very strong man. He's well, got like real he fortitude, got, and like he's he going got. to break me in half. <laughs> it's like Gabe Kapler's like getting pissed off was like his getting upset was it really you know it really pisses me off when they throw near what did he say when they throw under Reese Hoskins' chin or something? It just yeah when balls <laughs> when balls like go under Reese Hoskins' chin, it yeah. really pisses me off. Yeah, well, so let me ask you this: like, are are we? Like, is there something to be said for this? I see this, like, kind of story that's creeping up on social media. I see, like, a poll here and there. Like, this idea that, like, are the Phillies 
celebrate like like antics after scoring or like these handshakes that they're doing or the whatever after somebody crosses home plate and is that like offending the traditional baseball fan or whatever the hell that thing is is there anything to that oh god i i hope we don't mess with the sacred game of baseball but why am you know, I reading? Why am I God forbid? About it? Because they're actually having fun. Because in a sport that's had a, a real issue with people feeling like it's dead or dying, God forbid well, a team that's actually good that has some hype around it that that signed the most recognizable star in the game, and I I would even put him ahead of Mike Trout in that. I I think Bryce Harper is a more recognizable player at this point to the casual fan than even Trout is. Um, is it I correct? Guess it be, I guess it could be an argument, but like. I'm sure that there are people in baseball who are upset by it. And I'm sure that, you know, the 65-year-old community is absolutely outraged that Bryce Harper now has a handshake with practically all of his teammates. But Reese Hoskins, I think, put it best. You know, when he talked about, you know, the the idea of getting hit and and guys getting mad about the celebrations, he just said, then don't give up the home run. Well, that's what I'm saying. And that's that's the thing. Part of this seems to me like, and again, I'm, I'm leaning on you here because these are your two sports. But like ice hockey, it, it I find it corny when like a team's getting their ass kicked for nothing, and then they just start fighting the other team. You know what I mean? Yeah, it hasn't really happened um, this year for the Flyers, oddly enough. But yeah, I no, know no, about. it hasn't. It has. It feels like oh, but there's there the Broad Street Bullies. But there were moments you. in the past, you know, where they were just getting like plunked by some team, and it was like, well, let's just beat the shit out of them. You know, since yep. we can't beat them in the field of play, that's that's what it feels like to me with baseball. I don't know if that's a fair parallel. Like, you know, you're going to bean some dude because you don't like them celebrating. Well, if you don't like them celebrating, then don't give up 10 runs, you know. I always just found that kind of cheesy. But I don't know if there's a crossover in those sports. I don't know if those two things happen for the same reasons. I don't think they do. I mean, I think in the case of like, so the way that this went down with Eflin and and, uh, Trey Turner, I mean, if you go to bunt, part of your responsibility as the bunter is to protect your hand. Now, obviously, you want to get a better grip on it and that's inevitably going to leave your fingers out like it did but like there's no intent on Eflin's part well did it hit, hit his, his in, did it hit his inside yeah, hand or it, it it hit um it hit his his hand higher up on the on the barrel of the bat so his front so his front so hit, hand yeah yeah exactly okay. so so it well, hit even in like it, little league on the they fingers. teach like, you, you not to put, yeah you can't do anything about it well even know? yeah i mean like in little league they teach you to like uh, God, how did they teach it to us? You know, you have your thumb out to, to, to keep the bat straight, but like the rest of your hand is behind the ball. Is it not? Yep. God, it's been so long, man. I haven't played baseball in forever. Wow. Um, the most baseball that's, I did was throwing that's really a, great. a tennis league ball knowledge against out of you. the wall. Yeah. Throwing a tennis ball against the wall at the dog park in Fishtown. But wow. so listen, man, are you like, wh- where are you on the fills right now? Cause I'm, I'm watching like from a different perspective as somebody who's not as dialed in as everybody else, but you know, I look. I watched a ballpark this weekend. Watched some of the games on TV. You know, went down there on opening day as I was going to Sixers, and it just reminds me of like twenty to like two thousand nine, twenty ten again. That's you know, I it. Think, just reminds yeah, me of like it. I'm watching like Ryan Howard and the Chase Utley days again. Like people are dialed in. I don't know why. Like I don't know why people weren't buying in last year because they were first place for a while. But the the change from last year to this year is drastic. It is. It's drastic, and and I think more than anything. Um, the, the best way I can put this is I've had a bunch of friends say to me, like, this is the first time, like this weekend was the first time I actually sat down and watched an entire Phillies game. There have been other friends who said, this is the first time I've watched any Phillies baseball in the last six years. Yeah. So, you know, when, when people talk about was the Bryce Harper contract too much money, 
you know, on its on on its face or whatever, you know, people are always going to gawk at the numbers. And then I'll I'll often yell at them that, you know, it's not your money. It's the owner's money. Just deal with it. Right. Yeah. But like the Phillies are already getting a return on their investment because the thing that ultimately I think cost, you know, Ron Hextall his job with the Flyers was there was such apathy in the fan base that they were losing out not only on potential ticket revenue, but they were losing out on everything that 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 also brings with it. They were losing out on money in merchandising, in parking, in concessions. And so, you know, that ultimately led to a giant change in the Flyers organization. For mm. the Phillies, you're getting the inverse of that. You're seeing a team that last year no one cared about. Even when they were in first place, they were playing to a half-filled ballpark. Now, all of a sudden, because there's this energy, there's this real renewed belief in Bryce Harper and the Philadelphia Phillies, now, all of a sudden, you're getting the opposite of that. You're getting people who wouldn't have otherwise gone out to opening weekend, who might not want to go out to a midweek game. You're getting them in. Not only are you now selling those tickets, you're getting money on parking, concessions, merchandising. And now, all of a sudden, because there's this youthful kind of energy around the team, you're potentially getting a new generation of fans that you otherwise might not have gotten. So well, this is already paying massively, uh, paying off massively for the yeah, Phillies. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Like honestly, like Philly is just so much of so much of is just such a better sports town when the Phillies are good because it fills that gap in the summer when there's literally when there's historically for the last five or six years been nothing to talk about except the Eagles, and then we drag it out to the point where I'm fucking exhausted on the Eagles before the season even starts. You know what I mean? It yep. feels like it's like we're. It feels like you're only in three seasons. You know, yep. Like when I moved to Georgia, it was like summer, fall, and then spring because they don't really have a winter down there. And like I felt like at the end of the Sixers and the Flyers seasons, and this is going back even like last time the Flyers were in the playoffs, like right before the Phils. Like the Phils weren't amazing, but they were still good enough back then. But then it just you just hit this low where you were like, what the hell, you know? Um, so not only does it bridge that gap in the summer that, like, unfortunately the union were never able to, like, really make, make uh, you know, any inroads there with. But um, I don't know, man. Philly's just a baseball town. Um, well, the site I, traffic. I, like, we the site traffic was the, crazy, man. Yeah, yeah, we don't usually pull the curtain back on this kind well, of stuff. Well, even, even, like, even, even the, the Phillies are so good this year that they even got Kyle to start writing again. Whoa, <laughs> hey now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I woke up Monday morning and he's like in a in a story. I go into the like the queue, um, like for listeners to explain it to listeners. Like we have like a thing in WordPress where there's just a list of stories. Like if somebody's somebody's working on it, it'll say like Kyle Scott is editing blah blah blah, or if, or if you're in a story, it'll say Russ is editing blah blah blah. And Kyle was doing the Morning Wood story that he put up after the sweep, and. Uh, I mean, God, that thing sat at the top of the site for like four hours. Yep. Yeah, you know, to the point where like we don't like sometimes. This is a little inside baseball here. Get it? Inside baseball. Yeah. Hey, um, but the stories that do really, really well, like the the Monday morning takeaways that I do for the Eagles, like that gets so many reads that will honestly just like slow down the rest of what we're doing on the site, so that sits higher up, and we can just ride that traffic for a couple hours, you know. So the all the baseball stuff that you guys were doing on uh, yesterday Monday morning was just rocking and rolling, man. I mean, obviously that had to do with the sweep too, but people are just excited, man. I, I don't, I don't I, that that juice just wasn't there, you know. Like I think people last year like saw a lot of good things, but like they knew in the back of their mind that, that this team just didn't have it yet. Yeah, you know what I mean. They knew that this team was like at least a year or another two years away, and then they had this really good off season. Um, but let me ask you this. So when 
you know, we were we were like kind of pl- I was kind of playing it up today and like ripping DC and doing the like, oh, they're going to boo Bryce Harper thing, blah, blah, blah. But then people were coming back with the Jason Worth thing, like saying, OK, well, how how is it? You know, if we're going to poo-poo them for booing Bryce Harper on our return, are we hypocrites because we booed Jason Worth at times? But Jason Worth, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't he have some words that he said on the way out? He did. Okay, he so that's critical, the difference he was here. Critical so critically on the way out. Right, so Harper Bryce Harper never said anything. Harper didn't say anything, which I, I think that might be a little bit more of, of what had Nationals fans upset. I think they knew all along there was a decent chance he was going to leave. I think the fact that he waited until right before the first series to actually say anything publicly in any kind of medium about the nationals or about the fans or whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, like that to me, I think is the thing. Like if he you had know, done, usually, so if when he had signed with the Phillies, if he had done like the Instagram post that he did today, like maybe that would have been, yeah, I don't know how much it would have changed, but I think it probably would have done a little bit. It would have suggested think, think that maybe so, he had that, that maybe those people were more on his mind or something like maybe it would have assuaged like concerns that he never gave a shit about DC in the first place. Yeah. Which I, I think, think is was, false. I think he was more hell bent on just like throwing himself totally into the Philly, the Philly life and to like getting fans on, like yeah. not that he needed them on his side, but like showing that he genuinely cared about the city and, and actually knew things about it. And like, you know, I think this was a slack thing. I don't think we ever ended up going on to any of the shows, excuse me, and talking about it. But like, there is something to be said for the idea that like, we don't know how much of this really is Bryce Harper being like genuinely somebody who wants to know everything about the city that they're living in and and signing with, you know, signing in for the next 13 years or how much of it, at least initially was kind of like the Scott Boris in in his ear saying like, you really need to make a good impression. Like, this is how you do it. Uh, Like, is he being a try hard? Yeah. And so like, like, and and I know that like, as a, as a collective, we had all kind of gone back and forth about it. I don't think we ran a a post about it. I think it would have actually been a little bit interesting, but like, I know that we were kind of 50, 50 or 60, 40 on, on like that side of the argument. Right. Like, uh, I think Jeff and Mike, oddly enough, uh, not oddly enough at all, we're both like on opposite sides of the spectrum on this one. Like, well, what more does he have it, to how, how much more Philly does he have to show that he is? I mean, he signed here for the I'd rest s- of his life. Yeah. See, I don't know if it's how much more <laughs> Philly does he have to show. I think it's just the idea that like, I even said to like, I, I sent when, um, like he already, he had the proved, he already proved he had, to me everything he needed to prove by signing for 13 years. Yeah. No, I see what you're saying. Like I, I sent my wife the, um, the post that he did about having the baby and like the second picture is the, um, the Phillies like varsity jacket that has the fanatic and everything on it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she was like, man, he's just so good at this and like so good at the whole Philly vibe. Yeah. She's like, I'm almost, I'm almost skeptical, you know? And, and that's not trying to be a cynic. It's just yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. we've never seen in this city. And I don't know if I can think of a time, any time in any sport where a player has gone out of their way to demonstrate a knowledge of other sports within the same city and has also just gone all in conceptually on throwing themselves into this new chapter of their career and, and pretty much everything that happened. Well, the, the, the irony gone. is that we, some of us are treating that with suspicion, you know, when we always talk a big game about how we're such a great sports city and we're so good at this and we're so this and we're so passionate or whatever. <laughs> then you get a guy who comes in and tries to like, you know, go 100% into the Philly sports culture to the point where people are like, okay, well now is this real? Like, you know, you can't have it both ways. Like, do we want this or do we not want this? You know, or does he have to like slowly integrate him? So is there too much too soon? I don't know. It just seems weird 
for a city that talks about like how, you know, for how provincial and how parochial we are. And we always, you know, most people here grow up here and never friggin' leave, you know, and somebody comes here and actually wants to be here. And now we're saying, well, is he trying too hard? Yeah. That seems like kind of cornball to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I get that. And I think that's part of, you know, just why having some skepticism is, is healthy to a point. Yeah. But like I don't I don't view this cynically. I just go, all right, like this this guy's like all in. He yeah, I don't to, I'm not I don't view it he cynically. Signed, either, remember, yeah. he's he signed a thirteen year deal that has no opt outs. Like he has no intention of going anywhere well, else. Well that's what I'm saying. Like like after that, like to me that proves it. Like how how much do you have to prove how much more Philly do you have to assimilate yourself when you've already dedicated your entire fucking future to this place? I don't know. Maybe you know he needs I mean? to like go th- run through the Italian market. Does he need to be like spotted in Reading Terminal Market forty times? Like I don't know. Yeah, I generally don't know. Like, does he need to like have a Termini Brothers? Oh, is that a home run for Michael Franco? Yes, it is. That ball is out of here. Home run, Michael Franco, and the Phillies are up. So that's a good segue. That's a good segue, actually, because I hope that. Um, speaking of tryhards, I hope that Zach Hampel. Uh, was not in the in the uh, did not weasel his way into Nationals Park with all the disgusting lobbyists and you know political staffers and uh, find a way to catch that home run ball. Um, so Hample, if you don't know, is the dude who ball hawks like like a nobody has ever ball hawked before, and he just like finds ways to catch these home runs. He he's got like his YouTube channel and. Um, he's been doing this forever. He caught Bryce Harper's home run on Sunday night. Um, and I can't like, I can't decide if this guy's a douche or not. Um, uh. because like, so here's the two sides of it. So like on the one hand, the guy is involved with charity and he, uh, makes donations and does stuff with uh pitch in for baseball, which uh, donates, uh, like equipment for, for to boys and girls for baseball and softball, right? So yeah. when he's catching these balls, um, you know, it's not like he's just keeping every single thing for himself. I mean, he keeps a lot of what he does, and I'm, I'll get to that in, in in whenever. But he does take his celebrity and he turns it into something charitable. Okay. Now on the other half of it, like I'm a person who kind of fundamentally, well, let me start on this half. Like fundamentally, I'm like a open market capitalism kind of dude within reason like and like who am i to sit here and like jab at some dude for how he makes a living and being able to turn like a niche or niche skill into something profitable and something interesting and something that's got made in, in for an interesting life for him like who am i to shit all over that but at the same time like on the other hand i think i'm one of those people who says like you know, if a ball goes into the stands or a ball is fouled off or something like that, like just give it to some kid, give it to your kid, find a kid and give it to them. I'm not really big on grown men bringing baseball gloves to the <laughs> stadium in the first place. Like, I think that should probably end when you're like 14 or 15 years old. And there's just what something if- about him taking a fun, a fun part of the game, like a fun part of America's pastime and turning it into like a douchey kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like pushing over of like people and like getting in front of other people and trying to catch balls that other people would be catching. I, I don't know. I, I can see both sides of it. I don't really, I don't really have a conclusion on him. So it's commendable that he is so lucky and so skilled, I guess, in, in a sense, of knowing where a guy is going to hit the ball. You have to imagine that he does enough research on where the the, the yeah. highest likelihood is that these guys are going to hit these balls up these pitchers in these parks given the conditions it's a remarkable thing 
I mean, if you think about even if you go to, to batting practice, you know, with with your family, with your friends, whatever, what is the likelihood that you're going to catch a ball, even with like only a few hundred people in the stands? And he offers a you thing know what where I mean? you can go to a game with him for like a thousand dollars and he guarantees that he will get you a ball. And if like you don't, bonkers. if you don't, he'll give you a full refund, which is crazy, so which is crazy to me. But like, I'm, it's, it's like, impressive. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not poo pooing the guy's like skill at doing it or what he's been able to, you know, to make for himself. Um, like that side it, of it's impressive, you know, here's what, here's what'll really make the determination. I know this seems, you know, kind of whatever, but like if the, if the home runs he catches are like him ripping the ball away from a small child, then he's a jackass. Yeah. Right. If he's going up against other adults, then fine. Like, whatever. I don't care. But, like, don't steal a, a small child's joy because you decided that, like, you know, you got lucky for the 61st time in your in your life. You know what I mean? But like, I would argue that the concept of that in general, like, shouldn't exist at the ballpark at all. Like... Of what? Like, deferring to children? Well, I mean, like, I go, if I go to a game, like, I'm 34 years old, dude. Like, I don't need a baseball... I don't need it. See, this is the example I gave in the story that I wrote about it. Say you're at a game, you're there with your kid or you're not there or you're there with your buddies or something like that. Say you're there with your buddies and you catch a ball, you catch a home run or whatever. Hey, cool. You know, I can, this is a cool moment. Let's take a picture with it. Uh, I can tell people the story when I get home or I can tell people on Instagram or whatever the fuck. Right. And, but I'm going to give the baseball to like a kid or something and you're going to make that kid's day at the same time. So yep. you're killing two birds with one stone here. You have a cool story to tell, maybe a picture or whatever, and then you're doing something for somebody else at the same time. So like, I don't like I don't need to keep anything that comes into the stands. I don't need to get anybody's autograph. Like I always like putting the kids first in that instance. Like it, it bothers me when I leave Sixers games and I see like grown men standing out there trying to get autographs because I know they're just going to turn around and sell them anyway. And whether you keep the ball or not, like, okay, that's that's cool from, like, a memorabilia, like, souvenir standpoint. But I guess I'm on the far side of that. Like, I don't wear any jerseys. I don't wear any a, anything with anybody else's name on it. Like, I don't go to a baseball game with a glove or anything like that. Like, I, I like sitting back watching the game, you know, analyzing the strategy, kind of, like, chilling out or whatever. I'm not going to, like, take a ball that goes into the stands that would – something that would make a kid's day and, like, take that away from them, you know? Yep. No, I agree. But that's and just like you. my opinion. That's, that's you being very fatherly, you know. It is. Yeah. Just wait until just wait until that child's out, and then all of a sudden, Kevin, yeah. your life is going to be over. My life's going to be. be I'm more, not going to be at the ballpark. Be even anyway. more triggered by people doing that. <laughs> I'm not going to be at the ballpark anyway because my life's going to be over. Yep. You know, well, who's exactly ever right. going to have time to go to the, the ballpark? I'm going to be so sleep. I'm going to be so sleep deprived. I'm going to be so sleep deprived that I'm going to pull an Alex Rodriguez and I'm going to call a call a cheesesteak a cheese sandwich. A-Rod, we hardly knew ye. The The guy was so good when he was on Fox. He he does a really good job on Shark Tank. Probably because he was on steroids. But but by God, is he woeful on Sunday Night Baseball? Kyle was like on the other side of this argument. He said that it's trendy to bash national broadcasts just because they're national broadcasts. There's some truth to that. There is. I mean, I think people but, do do that, but... Like he kept saying, like Reese Haskins, yep. over and over again. Like, a che- a how does anybody he, not know what a cheesesteak is? Like, he, there was a moment where he said, um, uh, "The two people who should be the most excited right now on a cold day are the pitcher and the catcher." 
One guy <laughs> yes, pitches <laughs> and the other guy catches. I mean, seriously, if Chris Wheeler had said that, Whoa. everyone would have would have like begged for for his oh uh, his God, death. No. And what like, is this? Uh, it's a foul ball. All right, almost had a tie game. Like if that came anyway. out of like Coatsy's mouth or something like that, everybody would be like, "Come nah, on, man!" It's okay. Coatsy's Coatsy's funny. Everybody assumes that. Well, he's, I guess you would he expect has a, that he has a flask yeah, tucked, you know, tucked away. Well, and the funny well, thing Coatsy, about it was guy. that was that um, Alex Rodriguez had the cheesesteak in his mouth at the same time, so he didn't even say sandwich. He said like. Um, the moment where they had the Sarah cutaway to uh, to A Rod, Matt Vaskurgeon, and Jessica Mendoza, where the uh, um, the Philly fanatic showed up, it was just really awkward. It was a very yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen a woman in DC that that concerned with somebody coming up behind them since Joe Biden approached. <laughs> what's her face? I'm sorry. Is that too soon? That might be too soon. <laughs> now you have to do a Republican joke to balance it out. <laughs> Because uh, we're a fair and balanced. Well, I just want everybody to know that we're a fair and balanced podcast. Come back, come back to me in a second. I'll have another one ready. <laughs> All right, you're pl- we're plus one on Democrat jokes, so we need a Republican joke to balance okay. it. Balance it out. Yeah. Okay. Um, where do we want to go next with that? Are you a um, are you a Jessica Mendoza Sunday Night Baseball fan? Like, let do you like the, her commentary? Let me, let me give you the conservative view on this. <laughs> uh, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Um, this is the problem I have. I know a lot of people are upset because she's technically on the payroll of the New York Mets, yeah. but, but to my recollection, I believe Alex Rodriguez holds some sort of a position within the Yankees organization that he's like, um, he's connected to them, albeit like not, not somebody who's like invested in the actual team itself, yeah. but I, I don't, I see that doesn't bother I think me. She's fine. It doesn't bother she, me though, because like, what's she, what's she going to like? What is she going to say during a broadcast that's like going to actively harm like any of the Phillies baseball operations? Welcome to Philadelphia. She said that when they were chanting MVP. I think she does a good job. I didn't have a problem with her. Yeah. Um, she, you know, a lot of people, obviously, you go on Twitter and there are people who are like, why is there a woman? Why is a woman in the box? Yeah. Why? Who is this? I'm who does she know what? about baseball? What does she know? She don't know nothing, nothing about that there baseball. That's what they say down south. That's what they say. Did you I know better than anyone? I think. Did I? Um, can oh my I? God, let dude, me ask this yeah, question. Don't even get me did um? Would you say that if she came out and said that a player was awful, just like flat out terrible, and doesn't belong on the Phillies roster, would that cross the Mendoza line for you? I don't know what would cross the line. I think like proprietary information. Baseball, baseball pun there. Mendoza line. <laughs> I think uh, if she like released some kind of like proprietary information, some kind of behind the scenes stuff that nobody knew about where it was like did some kind of damage to like scouting or trying to sign a player or something like that, something tangible, then of course. But I don't think her sitting there calling the game as like a former softball player and somebody who knows what she's talking about, I don't think that is a conflict of interest in itself, you know? And if it was, she wouldn't be on TV anyway. They would have nipped that in the bud right away because ESPN has high journalistic standards. Sure. Just like crossing broad. Russ, did I get you, uh, did I get you with my April fool's joke? Um, I liked your April fool's joke a lot. I read it for a second. And as soon as I saw you said the Yankees, I'm like, yeah, this isn't real. And then you said it, what is it? A historic franchise. I'm like this guy, this guy. I'm like nobody's gonna fall for this, right? There's no chance. It's April Fool's Day. I knew that How if could I anybody did it, fall for I this? knew that if I did it like really, really early in the morning, especially because it was on a Monday, 
And I don't think people were like, I think people were just like going about their work day, you know, getting back to the grind, going through the motions or whatever. So that, that being that it was on a Monday and also very early in the morning, people hadn't made the connection left. And I was getting all these like congratulations, DMS and, and like text messages and stuff, <laughs> stuff like that. I started, but the problem is that I started, uh, I started losing followers because they all thought I was like quitting Philly sports to go do the Yankees or whatever. And I started, I started gaining Yankees followers. So that's how good the April Fool's prank was that I lost a bunch of followers and gained a bunch of New York followers. So I had to nip it in the bud right away because I didn't like the direction it was going in, you know. I think just the fact that you would have even made that joke means that you're really not a Philly guy. (laughs) Well, that's what I was wondering. I'm like, do people like like, do do and actually raised an interesting question. But I was sitting here thinking, like, do people like not know how much I hate the Yankees? Like, is that like not a thing? Because I thought it was pretty obvious that to most people that I fucking hate New York and all their teams and stuff like that. And that I'd never, I would never go there. But then, um, a reader asked a good question. He said, what, um, would you, would you ever go, uh, write about or cover like a, a quote unquote rival team? Like we sit here and we talk shit about Dallas and the Red Sox and the Yankees and stuff like that. And in some cases I like truly do hate like, those fan bases and those types of people in those types of cities and stuff like that. But from a career perspective, like it would be pretty prestigious to go up to the Bronx and cover the Yankees. Wouldn't it? Like, would you, if somebody came to you, Russ, and they said, we're going to pay you like $75,000 to be on the Dallas Cowboys beat. Um, or, or, or how about maybe I ask it this way. If somebody said to you, would you come do the Cowboys beat for whatever amount of money is suitable for you, would you do that? Yeah. Like, would you go You're cover the Cowboys, the Red Sox, the... I don't know if I could live in Boston. Dallas is Boston's fine. a great a, city, they a, they though, a, man. They have, a good enough food, they have a good enough food scene. Yeah. Boston, I just, I, I despise Boston sports fans so much. Yeah, man. I, I couldn't imagine. And I hate the accent. I just hate all of uh, it. Every, I really yeah, do. Dude, I genuinely yeah. despise yeah. every bit of yeah. it. I have... There is no part of me that wants to be anywhere near the city of Boston. Boston might be nice. I, I don't know. I have no intentions of going It's there. a nice city. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's just filled with vile Red Sox fans. Can we remove the people who live there and <laughs> replace them with pretty much anybody else? But it's a good like, New York good, is fine. It's a good like, question, New, though, isn't for, it? For as, as much as people hate New York and hate New Yorkers, like, I can deal with New York. I know what I'm getting into when I go to New York. New York's York. big enough that you aren't, like, surrounded by, like, that, that it's not, like... It's such a melting pot of people that it's not like there's one overwhelming kind of 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 person or demographic that's on top of you. Like I make the Bernie Madoff joke because those are the types of people who the Wall Street douchers are the only ones who can afford seats that are right behind home plate at Yankee Stadium anyway, which is why they look like a bunch of like Hampton motherfuckers on the broadcast, you know. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. Like I you know, if somebody made a suitable offer and they're say you're gonna cover the Dallas Cowboys full time, like I would think about it, you know? I, I don't, you'd have to. You'd, you'd be stupid not to. Yeah. Ultimately, like... And here's the thing. Here's the thing about the Yankees one, especially. You can hate the Yankees, and you can hate New York. But that's the most storied franchise in the entire yeah. league, yeah, yeah. in, like, the history of the sport, right? Like, you would be a moron for not doing it. And that. I would probably cover them fairly, too, because I would start out with, like, a base hatred for them, and then I'd try to work really hard to be fair. Hmm. <laughs> you know, where I think, like... Some people like us who stay at home and cover the home teams that we grew up watching, yeah, of course there's, there might be some inherent bias there. Like, of course I want 
the Sixers to win, but I want them to win. I want them to win because it would make my dad and my uncles happy. I want them to win because site traffic is better. Um, but people got to believe me when I say like, I personally don't care one way or another. Like, yes, I grew up watching the team, but I think I can separate myself. I think you and Anthony can separate yourself from the flyers beat to the point where you can be neutral about it. Um, but that was a nice thing about living in another city. Like when I lived in Augusta and Atlanta, I didn't give a shit. I didn't have any ties to that city. So it was much easier to, to be neutral and just kind of call it how you see it, you know? Yep. All right. So I'm looking at, where do you want to go from there? We've got Bryce Harper up to bat for the, uh, the second time of the game. It's the uh, top of the third and the nationals have shifted the infield very far to the right. Anyway, do you want to do will, uh, uh, Jordan I'll, I'll Howard? Do you want to do Jordan Howard? Yeah, let's talk about Jordan Howard, the uh, the savior to the Eagles' backfield. Very excited about. Well, this they one. gave up nothing to get him, you know. And so part. I'm sitting here thinking, like, and I I was on with uh, Aton the other night. He's doing his SB Nation um, show that he just started last week or the week before something. And like originally, I was sitting here thinking, like, what what does Chicago know that we don't know? Like, why would they give him up so cheap? And why was his production down last year? You know, he went from 5.2 yards a carry as a rookie to 3.7 last year. I know they had a new head coach. I know the offensive system was a little different. You know, he said in his press conference that he, he felt like t- teams didn't know him during his rookie year, so they weren't really like game planning for him, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But he didn't do anything against the Eagles a couple times they played. Um, I don't know. Uh, to me, it just seems like a product of like, you know, they had different weapons. They spread the ball out a little bit more. Even though he got 250 touches all three years, he was below – a thousand yards for the first time last year, but I honestly don't give a shit about that because even 250 carries and 900 whatever yards he had, a first down and second down back who can pick you up some chunk yardage and put you in better down and distance for for throwing for um you know for passes, for passing the ball you know and spreading the ball out to you know Ertz and Deshaun and Alshon and everybody like it's exactly what the Eagles didn't have. Yeah, and and I think this is this comes back to the question that I, I've had for a while now. Jordan Howard, I think, is going to be your your number one. He should be. Darren Sproles, you know, wanted to come back for another season, apparently. I put Darren Sproles on ice, in theory, until week 14. Um, <laughs> what, are the, what are the odds that Jay Ajayi, like, the reason that they made this acquisition is because they know that there is no market for Jay Ajayi. And now they feel like they're going to be able to leverage him into a one-year deal and essentially have them split the backfield reps. Well, like, here's I the, don't think it's a bad thing. So here's like, the deal, though. This happened with Jordan Howard. Like this is this is not a new concept to him. Do you think that there's too much overlap in the way that Howard and Ajayi play to the point where you would rather like if you had to only re-sign one of Ajayi or Sproles, knowing that Sproles is a good screen pass guy and a good third down back, would you go Sproles if you had a if you had to pick two running backs? Would you go Sproles and Howard, or would you go Howard and Ajayi? I guess I would use Sproles, but here's the thing: you know that you can't rely on Sproles for a full season, right? So, I mean, I guess it comes down to: is the X factor more important, or is availability the the bigger thing? Like, you know, we can sit here and say that Jordan Howard and Jhi are similar enough players that it's really not a change of pace back, but ultimately, you need two healthy backs that you can rely on. And I don't know if if anybody is really buying stock that Corey Clement's going to be a guy who's going to you know take the next step. I don't know what the next step looks like for him. And I don't think they've been able to yeah, that address was this position. Yeah. Like they haven't been able to address this position in the draft in the entirety of, of Howie Roseman's time here. 
um, in, in either of his tenures, really, you know, I've say this all the time, but like, there are so many teams that have managed to find a guy in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth round that are, are legitimate contributors. And they're paying these guys peanuts on the dollar when, you know, realistically the Eagles haven't been able to do it. So like you go out and you, and you get Jordan Howard and I think the money they're going to pay him is fine. Um, but ultimately like maybe this is a, a sign that they're not going to look to get somebody in the draft. Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know where the market for JHI is, but I would keep the door open to him. If that market doesn't materialize, I do wonder like, is there a chance they're going to go for a running back in a later round? I think they have so many holes that they need to fill. So, running back now shouldn't be one of them. Like offensive line is number one. Right. So, so, all right. So, so let's do an exercise here. I like doing one exercise per podcast because I feel like it's a, it's a more of a, a mental, uh, what's another synonym for exercise. So I don't have to say exercise twice, twice in a row. Exercise. So the Eagles pick 25th, 53rd, 57, 127, 138, 163, 197. So, so round one, pick 25, I'm taking the best defensive lineman available. What are you taking? Best offensive lineman. Best offensive need, lineman? Yeah. You need to address the offensive line. I don't know what the draft looks what like right now. What needs addressing for, on the offensive, offensive line, line besides left tackle? Depth. So you're like not, you don't like, kind. so you're not, you're not into uh, Matt Pryor. Um, Jordan Mailata. I love the idea of Jordan Mailata. I don't know if we're gonna ever gonna see Jordan Mailata be the guy that everybody hopes he's gonna be. Um, I don't know. Is it possible? Sure. If Jordan Mailata can ha- can develop with with little to no expectations for the next two years, and then all of a sudden you have this massive human being that can you know now play competent you know competently on your offensive line, well then cool. Like then I'm I'm totally so here the, for it. So would like, you would you I mean, knowing that you have Peters, Sayamalu, who you just extended, Kelsey, who you just extended, Brooks, who's a pro bowler, Lane Johnson, who's a pro pro bowler, knowing that you have those guys, would you wait till 53 or 57 to go offensive line? No. You would go offensive line with 25th, and then what would you do in the second round? Defensive line? I think assuming assuming that you have somebody who grades out as a first as a first round offensive lineman. Okay, so let me ask like, you this. The West, say, Virgi- say, the West Virginia guy, and- the West Virginia guy who I watched a lot last year, Yadney could just injured himself. He was a okay. top 15 projected guy. Would you take a top 15 projected he's a left tackle. A top 15 projected left tackle who's coming off an injury who should be fine this year but he might drop because of that. Would you go yes, that route? Absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. So then I would, 53 I know it's not, and 57. I know it's not the sexy pick. I know people are probably going to want some kind of a playmaker but like no. I, I think you genuinely need to get somebody in this pipeline that is that is skilled, that is talented, and and can push, you know, for a starting job or being a guy who can develop that next year. He ends do up you being think like, not nineteen, but like the twenty twenty season is a starter on this? They line. keep mock these drafts keep mocking corners to the Eagles. I'm not sure why, especially now that they re-signed Darby. Um, but would you go corner with any of the top of it, with any of their first four picks? No. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Because I think you need, I think you go defensive line. The, the draft is so deep at defensive line that I'm taking the best end or the best tackle that I can find in the first round. And then in the second round, I'm looking offensive line or linebacker. Because you still really need a linebacker. Yeah, that's And I, I don't know, I don't like go at I would guess 53 or 57 is going to be a linebacker. Sure, yeah. And then I, I still, like, I don't, I don't, I'm not a Josh Adams guy. Wendell Smallwood, you think I would be biased since he's a West Virginia dude, but I mean Wendell is what he is. He's okay. Um, 
in the fourth round, if David Montgomery or another running back is there, I might take a look at a running back in the fourth one of those fourth rounders. You know, if you go defensive, assuming you get what you need before then, if you get your defensive lineman, if you get like another tackle or a guard or something like that, if you find a linebacker, because um, I don't really know what what else they really need. They don't need a wide receiver. They don't need a tight end. They don't need a quarterback. They don't need a corner. I think running back now is actually decent enough. Running back with with what you have with Howard and whoever else is that fine? Because you can still you can still bring back a Jai or Sproles if you wanted. Yeah, I think you're fine there. Yeah. So I still think I, I still think your biggest needs are. I mean, and you know they always build on the trenches anyway. So they're oh, they're yep. always going to draft the defensive lineman and an offensive lineman every draft they ever have. You know, so I go D line, linebacker, O line, running back. And then maybe try to find a, like a value corner or something like in the fifth or the sixth. I don't know because they've hit on those kinds of guys before. Did I just say I wouldn't draft a corner? I changed my mind. I might look at a corner later. But anyway, so that's the my only name. eight for eight podcast that also flip flops on draft prospects. Well, that Good. can be our Republican counterpoint. And now go. we're even. So that's two Republican jokes and two Democrat jokes. Um, yeah, Howard. I mean, whatever, man. It's it's they gave up nothing for him. I'm interested to see what they do with him. I can't wait for the first time that he only gets like 13 carries for 37 yards, and everybody calls into WIP and says Doug needs to run the ball more. Yeah. The AAF um, is kaput. Oh. 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 The American Alliance of Football. So who do we believe? Not do quite we... as prestigious as the American Dodgeball Association of America, but we're almost the there. The ADAA. Yeah. Um, do you led by Patches O'Houlihan? <laughs> Come on, man. Come you on. See the guy who throws the wrenches in that movie. Yeah. If you can, you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. So if you can dodge traffic, you can dodge a ball. Tom, uh, what's his name? Dundon. Tom Dundon. Dundon. Dun dun. Dum dum. Hey, that was good. We synced that up. That was nice. We're like the uh, the law and so order did guy. He, so he, f- did he, do we think he wanted, because I haven't checked the story since I put it up earlier today, but do we think he he wanted to fold the league because he was interested in getting, in having a partnership with the NFL that wasn't going to materialize, or is it this app thing that I'm reading about? I think it's the app. I think it's the, the, um, the way that they were going to revolutionize sports betting, having the technology, and I believe MGM partnered with him on this, and so ultimately he's now got himself you know he has a foot in the door with mgm um and i believe as part of the partnership i want to say that it's like a three-year exclusive partnership so while the league ends up folding presumably he'll have the the rights to utilize this technology however he wants it will be interesting to see if like if or what kind of fallout this has or ramifications it has for the nfl but um, well the xfl too because like now what's 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 vince mcmahon's like what is his reaction to this? Like, does he say, because he could say shit, okay, another non-NFL league failed, or does he see, like, an opening that, like, reinvigorates his thing? I think it's probably that. Like, the yeah. the Vince McMahon part of this, like, I after his original announcement that they were bringing the XFL back, that like, one of the big things he said is, like, he wasn't going to be the guy running the day-to-day. Like, he was going to finally rely on other people. Here's the problem. You need to figure out how you're going to differentiate your league from the NFL. And and honestly, part of it has to be that like the game has to be more dangerous. Right? Like people miss the big hits, people don't like the arbitrary penalties. Um mm. I, like I think that in its own way. Now, I did see somebody had put out 
um, the best way, I think it was Eminem, maybe the, the best way to make the A, what was it? The AAF successful would have been to just let the guys fight. So like after a big tackle, if the receiver pops up and he wants to get in the linebacker's face, like just let them fight. Like it's hockey. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. sure. That could be interesting. It's going to get old pretty quick. Also, they're wearing, you know, larger helmets. Um, but I don't know. I, I think if you're Vince McMahon, like, yeah, your your competition pool just kind of thinned out. My first call would be to this guy to try to get the uh, the technology for sports betting in-game, you know, set up. And that maybe becomes the thing that, like, people aren't watching it because of the product on the field. They're watching it because it allows them to do some kind of innovative um, real-time betting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. That, so that's the real play. Yeah, because they were talking about they had. Uh, I guess what I was explaining in the Darren Ravel um, article was uh, they had tracking information that they were able to use and like put on the players that you wouldn't have been able to do in the NFL or other leagues because players' unions had been opposed to those things. Yeah, I mean. It's it's a thing that we've seen so, in in other sports yeah. though, right? Like it's it's a growing trend that other leagues are going to start having, you know, the players wear technology that yeah. that tracks things. We saw um, around the NHL All Star Game where they had every player equipped with um, um, like a, a tracking software to to um, I guess presumably allow eventually you'll be able to place wagers on like what guy is going to hit the top speed in the period, mm-hmm. have the hardest shot, like those kind of things. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. And ultimately, if your goal as a league is to try to increase your audience, you know, using people for the the better part of, you know, using it for sports betting isn't a bad thing. Yeah. But I think that's going to be the thing. Like, if you have a, a league that's running counter to one of these well-established leagues, your best bet is, no pun intended, is to get some kind of tech going that allows people to tune into your sport, not because they care about your sport or about what could be your subpar talent, but more about like actually just placing wagers. You know? Russ, you want to do your uh, flyers point? I just loaded up the Tony Bruno soundboard on here, so I'll give you some backup. Okay. Flyers what are up? dead. <laughs> what up, Bruno? What up, what Maze? Up, Maze? <laughs> we have hockey action, yo. <laughs> Jose from Narstown. What up? What up? <laughs> Why do you have that on your phone? I don't. I just Googled it right now. Um, oh. What's your what Flyers' points? They're there? dead. They're totally dead, right? Yeah, the Flyers are dead. Okay. Um, actually, how dead are the Flyers? Um, hang on. Let me oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. I, I set that up wrong. The Flyers are dead. No, that's not the right one. You're supposed to say, how dead are they? <laughs> how Jeez, dead Kevin, are they? You're awful <laughs> sorry, at this. How dead are they? The Flyers are so dead, they met Ronald Reagan. There you go. There's your Republican <laughs> joke. You said you wanted a Republican joke to go to the Democrat no, we joke. We already okay. did the Republican so, joke. Now well, we're, we did, huh? we're plus no, I just one threw on Republican. Off. I just threw off the so scale. So now we need to do a Democrat joke. To um. Well, the Flyers right now are losing 2 nothing to uh, the Dallas Stars in Dallas. Uh, their playoff hopes are dead and buried. Um, it was a. Uh, they went out with a whimper. Jake Voracek said they choked, knowing that they uh, could have potentially made the playoffs. It was just an insurmountable... Um, it was insurmountable odds to come back from. What do you? What, what was that one? <laughs> Sorry, that was Jim Morgan. Play, playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. Sorry, um, I don't mean. To ultimately, interrupt. like it, it was a bummer, but like it, it ended with a whimper. Like the, this team got so confident, they got so hot, they were playing a brand of hockey that you know I think people were proud of and and were excited to see, and it, it felt like they had really turned a corner. But when you dig the kind of hole that they dug in the beginning of the season, there's just no way to overcome it. And that's what we learned this year. 
Um, people like Anthony who like to kind of take the negative side and, and say it's the realistic side, they end up being right a lot of times because eventually something is going to go wrong. And, you know, we didn't see a historic comeback. We saw a, a spirited effort, but um, we did a postmortem podcast last week um, where we started to kind of look ahead to, um, you know, what the offseason could look like. And I can tell you that if you are a Flyers fan, regardless of, you know, how upset you might be that the season's over or if, if apathy set back in, um, we are going to have a very interesting episode of uh, Snow the Goalie coming out. It's either going to be Friday or Saturday. Um, we have a very special guest coming on that Anthony said I'm not allowed to uh, announce the name of, but I can guarantee you it will be must-listen-to uh, um, potting. So make sure that you uh, go over to Snow the Goalie and, and download and all that, that jam. But it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a uh, – I think we're going to get a lot of insight into this team. I'm looking forward to it. Big win for the Philadelphia Union, who have not allowed a goal in two straight games, and they are fourth place in the East. Um, your team, your town, your Philadelphia it's Union. beautiful, man. Um, yeah, I mean, they're playing really well, and it's nice that they are not um, – usually they find themselves behind the eight ball right away, and, you know, we might see some meaningful soccer – meaningful soccer and baseball in Philadelphia at the same time this summer, which would be great. Um, Isn't that like the most union thing ever, though? Like the union in this seven years since the baseball team has been relevant. <laughs> like they had so much they, time. <laughs> they, they blew seven years out of the ten of their franchise's history, yeah, no, no. and they couldn't take advantage because their owner's cheap and they were run by a bunch of yeah. morons. Like, that's yeah. great. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, look at this. Now the they're union not bad. They're not actually bad team, like, yeah. not terrible. They but have, the Phillies they are have <laughs> some good players, but Bryce Harper. I know. I know. It's an outrage. It is an outrage. Thank you, Mr. President. It is an outrage. That's our Democrat uh, joke. So um, I just want to make a. I just want to touch briefly on the UFC fight night, and then we want to take some questions after that. Yeah, let's okay. do that. Um, and wrap this. Yeah, dude, up. you know what? It was crazy. Is like the so Saturday night. Like, of course, we have to pack all this shit into one time frame. So the Phillies are playing at four. When did the Phillies play on Saturday? Like four. Was it a three thirty start something like that? So, uh, so I got yeah, in front of my right. TV at like seven. The Phillies were wrapping it up, and then the UFC fight night at the Wells Fargo Center started. The main card started at seven. The Union came on at seven thirty, and then the Sixers came on at eight. I've got to be like the only person on the planet who was affected by the Union and the Sixers playing at the same time. But four of the last five games have all been at the same exact fucking time. So um, I was flipping back and forth between like all four of those things: Phillies to fight night to the union to the Sixers back to fight night um they got like 11,000 people at the Wells Fargo Center which really isn't bad um but that's like the same amount of people they got in 2011 uh when UFC was in Philadelphia the last time that was Rashad Evans versus Tito Ortiz god it's like it feels like it was eons ago doesn't it um but I mean it was a nice crowd there's some decent fights the headliner I knew was going to be a friggin' war uh Justin Gaethje and Edson Barboza um Gaethje man he's just he just goes in there and throws bombs um, his fights are short, but they're entertaining. <laughs> well, that's not true. I mean, he went to the third and fourth round in the last couple of fights, but um, the the fight between Michelle Waterson and Carolina Kovake, which was interesting, I thought that should have been bumped up. I thought that should have been maybe the co-main, but um, I'd like to see Michelle Waterson get a um, get the winner of, well, I guess Tatiana Suarez and Nina Ansarov. I guess they're getting Rose Namajunas, but then maybe Waterson can get the winner of that um i don't know it's kind of a funky card it was a, it was a decent card there's some good fights on there but i felt like that fight should have been bumped up a little bit i don't know if it's a it is a shame that like they can't take the wwe's lead and just be more progressive and make it their main event i mean god it was a fight night you couldn't you couldn't put well, two women done as the that. main event no no but, but the, they had but the world wrestling 
Federer Entertainment. <sighs> They've done have plenty gone of out, UFC and now we've got we've got Becky though. Lynch, Ronda Rousey, and Charlotte Flair. I don't know a fucking fighting thing about for, either one. It's everything is on the line. Winner takes all. Now, Russ, Charlotte let me Flair's ask you, SmackDown title, Ronda Rousey's Raw title, and Becky Lynch. Being I'm going to ask you a real. On the line. I'm going to ask you a real question here, and this is not me being like a, a misogynist or anything here. It's it's a question that's born b o r n e out of ignorance. Jason is Bourne? the con- no that has a u in it. Is the mm. consensus that like if I polled WWE fans, would the majority of fans say the WWE is having a women's headlining event um, because? It's justified in doing that. They pull a lot of interest, and people really like these these wrestlers. Or do you have? Or is there this thing where people are saying, "Oh, they're only doing it because it's some like fake equality kind of thing"? Uh, I don't know if it's that. You have to remember the WWE um, has had, I think, two events: Crown Jewel in uh, Saudi Arabia, where women are not allowed to <laughs> are not allowed to participate. Mm-hmm. Um, they had an all women's uh, pay per view a little while ago. Evolution. Uh, I don't know how the ratings were for that one. I'm honestly not sure. So what um, I'm asking you is, does this feel like it's like it's legit? Or no, it's... I don't feel like this is nonsense okay. because because right now, like Ronda Rousey is one of the most marketable people, even though she's terrible on the mic. She needs a manager. The Rock um, says, Charlotte Flair, sh- yeah, uh, Charlotte Flair is is recognizable even to the casual fan because you hear the name Flair and you think of Ric Flair. No, you're and Becky Lynch and shut and, your mouth. And uh, Becky Lynch is probably the biggest star going in the company right now. She gets the biggest pops. The only other person who I think has gotten something comparable to that is Kofi Kingston. That's been a whole thing that's gone on for the last month mm-hmm. where because of an injury to Mustafa Ali, um, Kofi Kingston, after going through many gauntlet matches, after his New Day partners had to go through a gauntlet match, um, even with the, uh, I believe, the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, the Usos. Uh, they forfeited so that uh, the New Day could continue in that gauntlet match. Whatever. Kofi Kingston, after, I think, 13 years with the company, is going to be fighting for the WWE Championship. Those two, I think, are the are like really the, the two that get the biggest pop in the company right now. Um, so I, I think it's it's warranted. The only problem is, and this has been the thing, like everybody's known for quite some time that there was a chance that this was going to be the main event. There was a, uh, a large segment, I think of the fan base who said it's supposed to be Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair doesn't need to be in there. Like, why would you go to a, to a, you know, a, a, um, a triple threat match? Wasn't the Godfather known as Mustafa something at some point? Uh, that's me going way back to like 19. Get on the he was in the nation train. he was in the nation of domination of domination with, uh, who was in that wait come on. let me think come on the rock was in the nation he when was. he was rocky my of my a lot of my of my of something um farouk was in the nation of domination um uh, fuck who the fuck else is it um uh like mark henry like was mark Brown. henry in it was, D'Lo was, Brown? Wait, D'Lo Brown was it. Were D'Lo Brown in... Yeah, it was the Nation, nation. Domination. I'm pretty we sure. We are yeah. the Nation. I remember that because they were Rocky in Mavia, a... Rocky uh, I believe, is who you were thinking of yeah. before. And then he became the Godfather with the hose. Uh, did you say Farouk? Farouk, Farouk yeah. Was he, was the he was in the Acolytes. He was the leader of um, the Nation of Domination, right? We are Yeah, the and then the Rock split The Rock split from, those, from that, John. Yeah. The Rock says... All right, let's anyway. get to some uh, oh, questions. Yeah, you know what? Somebody had somebody had asked midweek if we had, or it was last week. They asked if we had WrestleMania predictions. 
Oh, I don't know. So who's really on. quick, let me. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go up and down the uh, okay. the lineup. We're gonna skip the battle royales. We're gonna skip the Andre the Giant battle royale. We're gonna skip the Bailey and Sasha Banks match. Um, that's a big tag team match. Um, I don't know. Why this not? cruiserweight championship feels like it's in here. All right, AJ Styles, Randy Orton, the phenomenal one versus the Viper. I'm gonna go with Randy Orton. He's gonna get him with the R, the RPO, the RKO, the RKO. <laughs> <laughs> the run pass option. Uh, excuse me, AJ, can you just stand here a second? I need to decide if I need to run he's or He's going to confuse right, him by so. not knowing if he's pass blocking or run blocking. I think AJ Styles is going to win. Okay. So we're we're on opposite sides. Kurt Angle in his uh, final he's match of his wrestling? career versus, yeah, Kurt Angle versus Baron Corbin. Oh, well, they got to give Kurt Angle the win in his final match, right? Nope, they're going to put Baron Corbin over. We are against each other again. Roman Reigns, who came back after uh, fighting leukemia mm. again. Versus the Scottish psychopath, Drew McIntyre. Nobody cares. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll go with McIntyre. Uh, we have The Miz versus Shane McMahon in a false count anywhere. <laughs> I got to go to Shane McMahon. Can I tell you the Wasn't worst part the about Miz Shane McMahon on that still MTV fighting show? is... Yeah, he was oh on... Um, I think he was My on The Real My wife used to watch that fucking... Um, what's it called? The it's it's not even real world and road, road rules. rules no it's just called it, the challenge yeah, it's just called the challenge yeah the challenge is still on um <laughs> so the bad. worst part about shane mcmahon is he's like 40 something 50 something and he still comes out wearing like that awful baseball jersey and like the track pants <laughs> and it's like dude you're not <laughs> 20 he? anymore um triple h versus batista in a no holds barred match oh hunter hirsch helmsley um i'm just yes. picking the people that i know so triple, h. triple h Batista, Stephanie McMahon. One. He's not. It's going to Stephanie end up McMahon H. comes out with the Singapore cane and she hits Batista with it. That was great. Uh, oh, Bobby Lashley versus Finn Balor. I don't know who either one of those are. Bobby Lashley's a huge guy. Finn Balor's a small, quick guy. Uh, is Sabu in this in WrestleMania? Any nope. ECW guys? Is Sabu still are there alive? Any ECW guys? All right, Samoa Joe versus Rey Mysterio. Oh, Rey Mysterio for sure. Who's that flying out the sky? R-E-Y, Mysterio. Here we go. Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins for the Universal Championship. Brock Lesnar. Uh, give me... So you want Seth yeah, Rollins. What's his name? Seth Rollins. All right. Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston. I see Daniel Bryan because my wife watches that Divas show. Okay. So I'm going to go Daniel Bryan. Yeah, there's no way they, they let Kofi win, which would be... It's just kind of sad. And then, of course, in the winner-takes-all uh, women's championship match, the main event, Ronda Rousey, Charlotte Flair, or Becky Lynch. Um, I see this Becky Lynch chick on Twitter all the time. It seems like people are really, uh, what's the term you guys use over? They're really over for yeah. her. She's, she's the man. Yeah. What does that she's mean? The man. She's the man. What's the catchphrase there? She always says like, you know how like Bret Hart used to say to beat the man or no, was it Ric Flair to be the man? You got to beat the man. Woo! Oh, so it's like a right? reference. So she to said that. like, she's the, yeah. Oh, so okay. she's like, she's right, the well, man. I'm going to go with the Irish um, chick. Then. She's, she's like Irish female Stone Cold Steve Austin right now. That's kind of how they're. Oh, how they're Stone Cold. This. Yeah. Stone Cold was the, the shiznats. I remember when he yeah. rode us a, a, a chair that had wheels with it. He rode it down the ramp while holding two go. beers in it. Um, Phillies just scored a run on a. Uh, Who is your ball. favorite ECW pitch. wrestler? Um, Rob Van Dam. Rob Van Dam, yeah. Got to be Rob. Yeah, Van Dam. I like. I was a big fan of um, the full-blooded Italians, the FBI. That was with uh, Little Guido and uh, Tracy Smothers. They're like the most Stop. Italian. That's like the most Philadelphia 
wrestling stable that you can have. How could you not be a fan of You're the right. FBI? We got to get <sighs> Tracy Smothers on the Crossing broadcast. All right, let's fly through some. Uh, do you want to fly through yeah, some uh, questions them. really quickly? John Harris right, says, when are you going to talk about the Philadelphia Sfaz? What the fuck is that? I looked them up. The Philadelphia Sfaz, also known as the Sfaz or the Sfaz, uh, were an American basketball franchise that existed in professional, semi-professional, and exhibition forms. The, uh, they came for, it was the uh, South Philadelphia Hebrew yeah. Association. They played from 1917 to 1959. Well, if they make a comeback, yes. we'll cover them. Future Philadelphia Warriors owner Eddie Gottlieb founded the team as an amateur group. Oh, there, you so go. there you go. Connor says if the roles were reversed, would Philly fans have booed Bryce if he was returning to Philly after seven years, seven years after going to the Nationals? Yeah. Yes. Um, Vaughn says, who will be the first Philly to get cornrows? Mm, Bryce Harper. <laughs> I'll say Odubel. Um I.W. Johnston. His hair's already his hair's already in dreads, though. Like, I feel like he and he Oh, and you would have to take it out. Yeah, you can't really just put it in cornrows from there, right? Um, I.W. Johnson says, even though Bryce is trying so hard to make us love him, is it working? Uh, I got to admit having a star athlete pick Philadelphia and openly talk about how he wants his career apex to be in Philly is intoxicating. So yeah, we talked about it, but there's an example of one person who's on that side of the, of the argument, you know? Um, yep. Uh, IW wants to be greedy and get another question in here. Is it too much to ask for Sixers Twitter to relax to meaningless road losses? Oh my God. Yeah. We didn't even talk about this, but Holy fuck. Like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like focus on the playoffs. They're going to be the three seed. Put me in a cryogenic tank and unthaw me in two weeks because this shit doesn't matter at all. And like Jeff, Jeff gets the annoyed. The players know it doesn't matter. Jeff gets like, annoyed because he's like, well, they didn't even try. I'm like, well, they're not. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't There's mean no anything. To. You know, like I they're get They're locked into saying. the three seed. It doesn't matter if Joel yeah. plays. It doesn't matter if Jimmy plays or Ben plays. Like shout just, out investor whatever. Jeff and uh, Jason Bradley. Shout out. Um, there you go. M. Piper. There's just like a couple more. If you were to leave Crossing Broad for the Yankees, how much would the offer have to be for? One hundred million dollars. Well, I feel like he can't rent in New York for less than a hundred million dollars. Anyway, my wife also watches that uh, million dollar listing show too, and I'm like, what the fuck? You know, That's Mike gross. says, uh, where do the Washington fans rank in terms of the worst fan bases? They're not as bad as Boston fans and New York fans because I don't. I think they're like fringe peripheral people. They're disgusting, slimy political types, but they're not like, you know, they're just kind of casuals, you know. So. To be a top bad fan base, you actually have to have yeah, a fan right? base. Matty G says, is it a Philly thing to always hate on the broadcast and one of the teams is on national TV? Yeah, but there's a lot of truth to it because they don't do their research and they don't know enough about the local product. You know, so, uh, Brandon from NJ responded to my query for questions and he just said no. So we'll leave okay. it with that. That was nice. All Ross, right, it's well, always a pleasure. Man. I, I'll let you uh, shut it down. I think down. that's that's a good time to uh, shout yeah, out to, all, to uh, shout out to all the uh, Crossing Broadcast listeners out there. We love you. Oh, by the way, the Nationals suck. They uh, tweeted after Bryce Harper uh, struck out. They put the video up and said, "Yo, home, smell you later." I hate oh, them. these fucking. I despise oh, them. Man, these, we're gonna oh God, we're gonna burn disgusting. them alive. This is gonna be Shireen Baratheon in season five. Of Almost, game of man. Next All week right. we'll have to do our Game of Thrones uh, preview podcast predictions. Right. Yes, we will. We'll Peace. have to do it. Um, all right, so go check out the other shows on the Crossing Broad Podcast Network, including Crossed Up with uh, Anthony Sanfilippo at Ant San Philly and. Uh, and Bob Wankel at BW Crossing Broad. They're going to be breaking down uh, the Nationals game that we've been updating throughout this episode, and they'll be doing a full breakdown of that, and I'm sure recapping the series sweep of the Atlanta Braves to start the season. Um, so go check them out. Of course, uh, 
Phil Keitel and I are going to brush off the uh, the old microphone and record an episode of Crossing Broad FC. So if you're looking for any kind of uh, insight into the UEFA Champions League or any of the international soccer leagues, make sure you check that one out as well. Uh, Kevin, I believe, is going to have a new episode of, of It's Always Soccer in Philadelphia coming at some point either later this week or over the weekend or early next week. And uh, I believe that leaves one last podcast. Oh, yes, Snow the Goalie, the Only Flyers podcast with myself and Anthony Sanfilippo. Uh, we have a huge guest coming on. One would argue that it is the biggest guest we've ever had on the show. And remember, we've had on a GM and a coach and players. So um, I will allow your, uh, you to, to uh, think this one through, maybe put some predictions out there. But it's going to be a very good uh, interview, going to get a lot of insight, going to have some great questions for that person, and hopefully we'll get a, a lot of good insight into what is next for this team. So go check out Snow the Goalie, Crossed Up, Crossing Broad FC, It's Always Soccer in Philadelphia, and of course, as always, thanks for listening to Crossing Broadcast, the only Philadelphia 8 for 8 podcast. We'll talk to you again next week.